into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating us citizens as less than human. God damn America. As long as she tries to act like she is God and she is supreme. All right. Uh, hello and greetings. The Damned. Welcome to Pod Damn America, the podcast for grieving skeletons. Uh, very sad morning. What, I, I fucked it up again. A sad morning indeed, it's the, <laughs> the gods, it's the middle of the night, <laughs> which is morning to us. Right. Um, right. You know? When you emerge from your coffins. Yeah. Um, I fucked up the intro again. I fucked up the intro every single time we've ever done this. Rogov would have been so mad. Um, it's also now, like, if you don't fuck it up, it seems like you did it wrong. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. yeah I like it's that. a gag. Double Actually. negative. Um, welcome to Pod Dan America, the gothic socialist podcast for uh, very sad werewolves. I'm Jake Flores. I uh, have with me Anders Lee. Anders Lee here. And Alex Patak. Oh, woo. <laughs> and it is with a very heavy heart that we adjourned this podcast uh, meeting, um, the official podcast uh, of, uh, or the official episode of Pod Damn America, in memory of our fallen comrade and co host, Raghav Mehta. If you've not heard the news, um, if you don't follow us online or whatever, or this is the first time you're hearing about it. Uh, tragically, our pal and co-host Raghav Meadow, who you've heard on the show, has passed. Uh, happened uh, about a week ago. We've been drinking a lot about it. Um, yeah, don't say we didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> we immediately started drinking. Uh, so there's, you know, pretty much uh, no... Uh, there's no reason not to uh, have a big fucking rag of podcast about it. I think uh, so. We're gonna have a, we're gonna talk to a lot of his friends and people that are close to him. A lot of whom are stand up comedians, as we are in a weird you know tribe of Coven comedians. Of comedians yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a way, he's the most goth of all now. <laughs> he did the most goth thing of all and died. Yeah. Uh, so you know he he's really king of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. Watching over with like a red eye Instagram filter. <laughs> he uh, also uh, made our podcast quite a bit whiter by uh, leaving us. <laughs> so, what do you call a group of very sad white men? The podcast. <laughs> Lauren Duca, baby, king uh, of comedy. I'm crying. <laughs> Lady king of comedy, baby. Lauren, join the show. Yeah, just, like, Phil Anders. Seat. <laughs> for Anders. For kicking off Anders. Yeah, what I said Anders. Phil Rogov's seat. We can replace Anders, too. It's fine. Bye, He's already plotting. Of, yeah. I've been meaning to tell you you're canceled <laughs> on the Duca Hour, the new name of our show. <laughs> well, now there's... There's one less beard, and maybe if you knock me off, there will be only one. Right, yeah. which is the problem people had with the show. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll we'll be getting into uh, all of our feelings in this very emotional socialist podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we're probably gonna talk uh, about Raghav a lot, and tell a lot of our favorite stories about Raghav, um, and probably 
make some bad jokes. That's the only way I know how to deal with any of this shit is pretty much by trying uh, not to like the entire time I was at his funeral. I was just like trying to not to knock shit over or blurt out really inappropriate shit because my brain just like. Yeah, that's good. You fought that urge. <laughs> <laughs> None of it would have gone well like I... <laughs> out, out in the world. <laughs> um, we'll play a little bit of Raghav stand up uh, throughout the show. We'll probably swing into some right now. He had uh, a bunch of great jokes and stuff online, and we'll also link to, you know, some of his writing and stuff like that. Um, he was in Vulture like a week before he passed. Maybe less than a week. Yeah, it was Five like days. right up close to it, and uh, it is obviously very tragic because the piece is great, and it's a snapshot of a guy kind of on his way up, you know? Um, he tells some great stories in the piece about uh, how he changed his name to ACLU official on Twitter, which is a very awesome bit. Uh, <laughs> and then got in a fight with Talib Kweli, Talib <laughs> yeah, who thought he was fighting with the actual ACLU. Very funny stuff. So many people thought Raghav was the ACLU. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing that he, he it was kind of a bit he did was where he would change his name online. Uh, and I think the funniest instance of that to me, the ACLU is obviously a very funny one, but he, so he went and did a comedy festival in Portland called Bridgetown. And if you went to Bridgetown a couple years ago, for some reason, everyone who was on Bridgetown got a blue check mark on Facebook, which isn't normally a thing. <laughs> like it's that, that's just like an experiment that didn't really pan out. Yeah. So he had a blue check mark on Facebook and uh, then he was applying for jobs and he got tired of people like looking up his social media and him not getting jobs so he changed his name to bonnie Vare on <laughs> facebook <laughs> um with the check mark with still and his picture <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then right after that bonnie Vare said something weird about like bernie sanders or something so that you would just log on there would just be people yelling at bonnie Vare because <laughs> they thought he was bonnie Vare. <laughs> um good bit in my opinion, IMO. Um, the ACLU thing is one of the first things I found out when I met him, and that consistently made me laugh for over a year. <laughs> Where you just forget your friend is the ACLU. <laughs> like I mentioned, um, I picked a bad time to be that. But uh, I'm an immigrant. I've lived here for like 27 years. Uh, I'm not a U.S. citizen because the system works, you guys. That's the thing about it. Uh, and like, it's fucked up because I don't know what I do if I had to like go back. I'm already like the dumbest Indian in whatever city I'm in. I don't know what I do. Me and India like teach about Snapchat, how to pay rent late at the age of 29. But I'm like, I'm, I'm reaching the final stages to attain citizenship and I've been filling out some hilarious paperwork and I brought some bit to share with you guys. Can I share it with you? It would be very weird if you said no, and just brought the show to this a screeching halt. But anyway, uh, so I'm, I filled out something to become a naturalized citizen, and naturalized is just a really fun word that makes me feel good about myself. And what I brought is the N-400 form, which is something all uh, naturalized citizens have to fill out, and I'm going to share some questions with you. So a round of applause for the N-400. Sing along, whatever you need to do. Uh, so, question one on the N-400 form. Uh, have you ever claimed to be a U.S. citizen in writing 
or any other way. Which I'm glad they added any other way in case something's just like running down the street, screaming I'm an American for no reason or whatever. So, uh, question two, have you ever been a member of Communist Party, B, any totalitarian government, or C, a terrorist organization? Which, yeah, that's crazy, but those are also three very different things. It's like if you went to a house party, I'm like, yeah, are you a fan of sharing all the rules or chopping people's heads off? Are you a fan of sharing in the 70s? Fuck off. Uh, between 1939 and 1945, were you in any way affiliated with the Nazi government? That seems irrelevant. Some 99-year-old Nazi <laughs> applying for U.S. citizenship. <laughs> okay. uh, question four: uh, Before coming to the yes, U.S., were you ever involved with genocide? Which <laughs> also the logic on that one I love. It's like, yeah, I was a big enough monster of chopped off hands in Rwanda 20 years ago, but I wouldn't want to lie on this legal form. I wouldn't want to be a bad person. I checked yes. Alright, so last one, it's a have you ever, and it's a list of things, so fun, have you ever, on the citizenship application. Uh, so have you ever, A, been a prostitute, first of all, it's 2018, they're called sex workers. B, sold or smuggled controlled substances. C, been married to more than one person at the same time, why is that relevant? D, married someone in order to obtain immigration benefits. If I had, I wouldn't be filling out this fucking form. Helped anyone enter the U.S. illegally? I wouldn't tell you that either. Uh, F. Gambled illegally. G. Failed to pay alimony. And H. Have you ever been a habitual drunkard? <laughs> Which is also nothing like all those other things. And no one has used the term drunkard since the Civil War. <laughs> Okay, uh, Kate Willett, welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, um, Hi, Kate, Kate Willett, comedian, um, f more famous than us. Uh, you might have seen her on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and opening for Jawbreaker, which I'm quite jealous of. Um, Hi. So, I don't know how to really, uh, <laughs> really talk to you without, I guess, starting here. Um, <laughs> for anyone listening... The thing you should probably know about me and Kate is that um, Kate met Raghav via... Well, basically, I, I'm very annoying on the internet, and me and Kate got into a big Twitter fight. <laughs> and uh, that is the origin story of how you and Raghav sort of met and started hanging out. Am I correct about that? Yeah, so um, Raghav reached after, out to me after that fight, and I thought he was trying to just be like, oh, yeah, like, by the way, like, we're so cool because we knew each other from around comedy. But um, 
turns out he was trying to hook up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I honestly, I honestly respected that a lot. I respected that a lot. You, know? you have to respect <laughs> ruthless people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think if all of this uh, like leftist infighting doesn't result in sex, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um. I was. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I've had a lot of internet fights over the years, and Same. Um, that's the only one I ever got a boyfriend from. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well. Still on zero. <laughs> so you didn't know him at all before this? Or you had you met? Um, I had met Raghav a couple times around comedy, and he was uh, someone I thought was like super, super cool. Um, I had reached out to him about uh, potential ways of uh, getting involved, getting more involved with the DSA. Um, and uh, I. I knew Raghav stayed up late, so I guess a couple of times I reached out to him about that. It was like at four in the morning, and um, he took that as like uh, me, you know, trying to start it up. And I, I wasn't thinking about that that way. I was just like, oh, we're people who stay up late, but I totally understand why he, uh, why he took it that way. You're but reaching out whatever. to him as a goth person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, you're. <laughs> I was like, he's playing video games, and I was right. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you a couple stories about Raghav that I thought were really funny. Um, about three weeks into our relationship, he was like, "Can't I need to tell you something?" And it was like very serious, like almost how um, someone is if they're gonna come out of the closet or something like that. And I was like, "What is it?" You know, I didn't know if it was like about an STI or or what. But then um, he was like, uh, "I want you to know that um, I game." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't even I play video games. It was just I game. <laughs> yeah. There's no playing uh, involved. It's who he is. Yeah. And I think another thing about Raghav that um, your listeners will enjoy um, is, uh, yeah, I had, to, I had to decide whether I wanted to say this or not, uh, but it is funny. But, uh, Raghav secretly loved the musical Hamilton. Somebody told me I'm, this. Wow. Yeah, I, think I think I'm the wow. only person that really knew about that. Uh, but yeah, he, he secretly loved it, and he felt that he needed to uh, hide it from you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, that rules. I have screenshots of him admitting that he loves specific songs. Um, <laughs> Yeah. The stage rotates. I mean, there's a lot of aesthetic things to be impressed about. <laughs> oh, now we have to write like a political raps you. about a Hamilton video game. The rock of yeah. Oh, yeah. Tie it all together. That's a lot of work. At the end of this, somehow we emerge from this apartment with a video game about Hamilton that we <laughs> rapping that we made, and we're like, "This is for Ragov." Wait, <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> um. Also, uh, he and I, for the rest of our relationship, we did continue to uh, have various debates about um, kind of the intersections between leftism and feminism. We went to Mexico together and we had to make a, a gentleman's agreement to not bring up Bernie Sanders on the trip. Um, <laughs> we both brought up Bernie Sanders on the trip. Uh, so I think we, everyone we does that. About it. Yeah, we... Um, Bernie Sanders know, is my safe word. Well, the thing about it is the the argument that Raghav would, um, and I would have about Bernie Sanders is like, uh, I like Bernie Sanders a lot. Just, it was just... I, it was like a difference between like, oh, I like him like super much and like, I like him a lot. 
so we would have these like debates about it for a long time and um you know i was always like yeah i just wish that he kind of talked about gender issues like a little bit you know more sensitively or whatever and it was funny because when we would fight about this i would remind him i was like raga you literally decided to date me after he saw me on the internet and uh <laughs> yeah i i, I we finally kind of like uh then we finally ended up like sort of um kind of uh coming to an understanding about like our shared beliefs um on uh in mexico we went and um took some acid and then uh i showed him the uh divine feminine and how uh deeply communist that is and then we never argued about it again (laughs) oh that's beautiful yeah it was it was really great and he was awesome and um I love him, and uh, he did once tell me um, that uh, if I ever was going to come on this podcast, I would have to uh, apologize to you, Jake Flores, in a 600 uh, <laughs> tweet thread and pledge my allegiance to the Chapo subreddit <laughs> that I would not, and um, I was right. So. All right. <laughs> well, I expect that tweet thread uh, any time before this podcast comes out. You can take or leave the Chapo subreddit part. <laughs> Yes. That's so funny because like Don't look at our subreddit. When he's hanging out with you, I guess he's arguing very like pro Bernie Sanders stuff. And when he's hanging out with us, he's like kind of arguing against us being so yeah. I think I've, the thing I've been thinking about a lot in terms of Raghav is that he's just like me him and I feel like you Kate are probably similar people and that like we're going to argue with each other, but it's like it's coming from a place of really of like goodwill because he wasn't so mad at he was so mad at everyone because he you know wanted good things for them you know oh absolutely yeah i mean he yeah. you know believed in a utopian society i think as you put it the other day when we were talking about this it's like yeah that's gonna get fucking frustrating if you really believe in that sort of thing and you're really like fighting the fight or whatever um, oh yeah absolutely and i always really like loved and admired that part of his character and you know I, I, to me, that was like honestly one of my favorite things about our relationship. It's funny to joke around about it, but you know, I just I I really enjoy people with strong opinions, and I love Raghav's opinions. They're always super well thought through and very sensitive. And yes, I'm just trying to imagine you two walking through Mexico, trying not to be reminded of Bernie Sanders, just clenching <laughs> your fists and trying not to say Bernie Sanders. It's like you just see a bunch of feathers with some glasses underneath them, like just on acid, talking to Quetzalcoatl and like <laughs> trying to keep. No, I talked. Go ahead. Yeah, I talked to my therapist about it once, and um, you know, I was like, my boyfriend and I have. Um, some political differences when I was talking about it and she's like we, we were talking about it for like a half an hour and I was like uh you know um she's like is he like a Republican or something and I was like oh god no like uh you know I just I like Bernie Sanders and um and uh, my boyfriend likes him more so <laughs> yeah. yeah I feel like there are probably a lot of therapists that are going through similar shit right now this is a a very like modern kind of romance you know yeah Um, (laughs) it's a much worse version of the David Bowie song 
modern yes. love. <laughs> <laughs> it's all yeah. about Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but you should know that I, I I don't know how much of this podcast you've heard, but he definitely would listen to whatever you say and then fight with you about it and then come here and then repeat whatever your points were on the podcast to like, like forward your views down the line. So they've definitely <laughs> a bunch of them ended up on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, I kind of knew that and I think he was yeah, it was really sweet. I mean, Raghav, when, when we would talk about kind of just, you know, the intersections between feminism and economic justice and social justice, like he would just, you know, we, we would argue a lot, but I could tell that he would listen to me. And I also really listened to him. Like, I think that my own politics are a lot different than they were um, when we started dating. I mean, I, I always have been very left, but I think that he did change my mind about a lot of things and uh it was a really special part of getting to know him yeah i mean yeah. he it seemed, he really did take politics very personally and you know i had a few experiences with him where he'd be yelling on the table and then like a few you know like an hour later we'd be able to like you know he, would, he was also a deep listener so we really wanted to understand your side your side at the same time as having these passionate convictions he just reminded me of something Raghav uh, for anyone listening by the way he quit this podcast like every week like <laughs> I just stopped answering the texts after it's a like while every five I, weeks dude we got more messages about it he didn't send to you oh, he was like we, I can't tell Jake yet but I have some serious issues <laughs> <laughs> but like and then he'd just be there again on Tuesday yeah <laughs> um <laughs> but you know but he like to what I was talking about earlier he's so argumentative because he you know was, was passionate and he believed in stuff or whatever and it's, I feel a fucking I'm so mad about this there's a thing that I think we've talked about about him where he he was he loved to argue and he's you know an angry guy but he was so, but that was not who he was on stage his yeah. persona as a comedian was very like cool and collected and so every once in a while we'd go you know you'd talk to Rod and, and you'd be like very obsessed with uh, school shooters <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. whom amongst us you know <laughs> um, but he fucking uh you know, but you'd always kind of, if you're friends with them, you'd sometimes go like, you know, Raga, why aren't you ever angry on stage? Yeah. Like, I want to see this side of you on stage. And for whatever reason, that's just like not how he approached it. So, you know, so you didn't really get it that often. But there was a fucking episode of this show that we lost that I fucked up the audio to and I'll just never be able to find it. But there was this really organic moment one time when him and Anders were arguing about like Julia Salazar or something. And like I was watching him and I was like, oh, I got it. I got it fucking recorded. Right. Finally, I got a mad Raga. Which he is what snatched fucking Anders' wanted. wig. He did. <laughs> he spilled tea on him and <laughs> threw shade all over Anders. It was beautiful to watch. And yeah. I think he was right because now I'm fighting with Julia Salazar about my building and shit yeah it probably was <laughs> yeah yeah we should have tried to capture all those off mic moments of him yelling at me and like <laughs> put them just on it. your phone <laughs> just yeah. like slowly upload them on the podcast. Yeah. yeah or no make send them to hannah gadsby that'll be our next special <laughs> the next special is called I, did, I have listened to this podcast many times um by many times i mean like maybe four um hey that's many <laughs> like, that's more than i yeah, expected but, uh, 
But for some reason, every single episode that I have listened to of this podcast has been about Hannah Gadsby. <laughs> <laughs> only oh. like four times. It was like, yeah, I mean, you probably only talked about it like four times. And those were just happened to be the episodes that I listened to. But I stopped listening to it because I didn't, I like Hannah Gadsby and I just didn't want to get in arguments about it. <laughs> I just really like Hannah Gadsby. Well, uh, she's like the sixth Beatle of this show. I was going to say, it probably yeah. came out more than, more than four episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta go meet a baby right now. My friend just had a new baby, and um, anyways, uh, I love you guys. I'm glad that I finally got to come on your podcast, and I am uh, very sad that it's under these circumstances. But um, I hope that you continue the good work, and I hope that you uh, will each argue with me just from time to time. <laughs> we can we'll take turns. Well, I, I, okay. I we love you very much as well, and um, you're welcome back on the podcast anytime. You should absolutely come on, like when we're all in the same town and stuff. Oh, I will tell you when I want to come on your podcast. I'll tell you one more funny thing about Rago. Okay, if we were argu- we were arguing a lot about sexism, and um, I thought that one thing that would be funny to do you know because you know how stubborn Raghav could be and I mean just really how passionate but I thought that one thing that would be funny um uh in our arguments is I wanted to be able to say I wrote the book on sexism and so what I did was I went and I uh, sold the book about sexism that I'm now writing oh wow <laughs> congratulations, congratulations. <laughs> you literally will yeah. write the book on sexism <laughs> So and it is about, in a lot of ways, like a lot of the things that Raghav and I talked about. Um, so, yeah, when when it is done, I will I will hit you guys up. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Where can uh, our listeners, like, follow you and see you do stand-up and stuff? Um, I am at Kate Willett on Twitter with two L's and two T's. Cool. Guys, I love you. Uh, yeah. This is great that you're doing this, and um, yeah, I really, uh, you know, the past uh, seven months have really uh, changed my views about all male leftist podcasts. I'm glad you're doing it. (laughs) Thank you. All right, Kate, go argue with that baby. Yeah, go fight that baby. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna gonna go argue with that baby about Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Kate. Love you. Keep it going. What's up, Cox? How you doing? Oh, so good to be here. How I I turned 29 this year. Any 29-year-olds here? Depressing, smattering applause. Cool. Couple 29-year-olds. The rest of you just like cool teens or whatever. Like vape and eat ass or whatever that is. I don't know what that is. It's just fun to say. I'm 29, but I am legally 30. And if that sounds confusing, it's because it is. What happened is I emigrated here, was very young. I was a year old from India with my family. An immigration officer flubbed my paperwork, changed my birth year from 1989 to 1988, rendering me a year old on all my American documentation. And my parents didn't think it was that big of a deal. They just kind of left that right where it was and then told me when I turned 23. <laughs> That's fucked up, right? It's bad thing to do. I think I kind of, it was weird, but I've, I've gotten over it. I think it's very cool now. I got to drive a year early. I got to drink a year early. I get to rub it into my stupid kids' faces when they grow up. You know, they're going to be like, I'm 13. It's like, oh yeah. 
When I was your age, I was 14, so uh, try to keep up. This is embarrassing. I am having a good year. Are you guys having a good 2018, huh? No? Some, maybe some of you are like, fuck 2018 people. I don't know. That's like, that's a thing. Like, fuck 2016, fuck 20. The news has gotten so consistently bad that people are just writing off entire calendar years, right? It's just, fuck 2018. That's a new thing. That's a new phenomenon, right? Like, you don't think during, like, the Black Plague in Europe, people were running around being like, hey, fuck 1347. Fuck, Italy got wiped out. All three of our famous musicians died. Oh, you think it's sad David Bowie passed away? Try living in a world where the only song that exists is Ring Around the Rosie. That's all they got. It's not fun. I am, uh, I'm not Muslim. That's what I am. That's how I identify in 2018. Thank you. Uh, not Muslim. Uh, brown, not Muslim constantly get questions about Islam, and that's fine, right? But like, being brown, not Muslim in America now, a lot like wearing a red shirt to Target. That's where I'm at. <laughs> so I can wear, only wear red shirts, entire world is Target. That's how that works. But I get it, I know what I look like, I don't get offended, I know like the assumptions people, I look like any of your brown friends if they like owned a skateboard and voted for Harambe or whatever, like... I, I used to think I knew what I looked like, and a coworker of mine recently told me my face reminds her of Scar from The Lion King. Which that will fuck up your day, right? Everything you believe in just unravels before you. I was like, what? And she's like, I don't know. It's just your, your skin color and your black beard. I'm like, oh, thanks for uh, putting it delicately. Thanks for that, Lisa. We're going to talk to HR later. She told me I look like Scar from The Lion King, which is surprising for two reasons. One, I don't look like Scar from The Lion King. And two, I never thought I would miss being called Aladdin. I never thought I would get nostalgic for that. All right, I'm gonna get out of here in a second. Uh, I'm a pretty left-leaning guy, pretty liberal guy. No brave thing to say in Madison. But uh, I think guns should be legal. But I think if you're a dude and you want a gun, the government should be allowed to interview at least like three of your ex-girlfriends. That just makes sense. I'm not trying to panic, that's just where you get the pertinent information. You like call up Greg and you're like, Greg, it's the government responding to your application. We talked to Amanda. Amanda said you once punched a wall because you were so amped after an Imagine Dragons concert. Yeah, fuck off, Greg. You're not getting a gun. All right, have a good night, guys. Bye. All right. Uh, now we are joined by comedian David Twighty, and I fucking just forgot your name. You told me, <laughs> Anthony Carter. <laughs> Welcome Jesus to the Christ show. Yeah, comedian Anthony Carter. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude, it's not that hard. <laughs> you can go to comedian school for eight years for you to call Mister Anthony mean... Carter. <laughs> Doctor, Your Honor, Anthony Carter. <laughs> Welcome to the show. 
um, calling in from any app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, more or less. Yeah. Okay. Minneapolis. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How are we doing? We're off a running, aren't we? Do people say that? Yeah, this is great. Mini app? Yeah. yeah. No. Mini okay. App. I just did like a New Orleans, like one of those. <laughs> <Mini>. <laughs> Anyways, uh, welcome to the show. Um, you know, we're just basically telling stories about Raghav and stuff. Uh, am I to understand you guys played music together? Um, yeah, we were, we were in. Uh, a band all together. Um, we had many names. One of them, <laughs> David remembers. Yeah, we were we were fifty two <laughs> weeks, but weeks was yeah. spelled like the opposite of strong. We great name. We uh, a good name. We played our school variety show as well. So listen, Anthony is a is an African American gentleman, and uh, and Raga is, is, is a is a big dumb brown guy. That's what he is. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm I'm uh, uh, regular. So uh, we uh, we, uh, we played the the high school variety show as the Diversatones in uh, junior year. <laughs> um, and it was truly disastrous. Uh, we played uh, we played "Belt" by Say Anything, which uh, I'm not sure. Like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar. It's fucking. It is a pretty difficult song. It was like it was a pretty ambitious project. Like, I remember playing it for my drum teacher, and he's like, "Oh fuck, this is like pop punk dream theater or something." Um, but so we just like fumbled our way through that shit. Raga was singing. He couldn't carry a tune in in a bucket. I mean, he was just like <laughs> no. the worst. So bad. Singer. I don't and, think uh, I've ever seen him like at karaoke or anything. Yeah, he doesn't do that shit. I, the, yeah, he 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 avoids it. Did he, uh, he, he never even saying casually. He learned. Yeah, he. Uh, well, someone someone uh, last night we were uh, we were with like a bunch of people we went to high school together with, and uh, uh, someone um, was telling us that she, well, our friend Jenna, I think, was telling us that he like he sent her like. CDs of like original songs that he wrote and recorded, and she still like has that. Shit. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! No. Uh, Give her the fucking our contact info. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Rockup would be fucking mortified. <laughs> That's a good way to get haunted. I think. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, well, we were uh, we had uh, we had dinner with his sister like a week ago, and she was like, uh, and uh, she she was telling us that she was like going through all like his old joke notebooks and like reading his old. Joke jokes and i'm like listen you you grieve any way you have to but that is fucking mortifying <laughs> that is so disrespectful uh <laughs> but yeah so we we played that show and it uh it went it went pretty badly and then afterwards we like tried to like sort of delicately be like hey man what if uh, anthony sings on stuff from here on out and he was he got furious and he took his ball and went home and uh, <laughs> the band went on without him we went through a couple different names after that uh, jerry bruckheimer's private hell was one of them <laughs> where like all, our original stuff we didn't like all of it was instrumental but it was all named after like lines from jerry bruckheimer movies so we had a song called welcome to the welcome to the rock uh we had a song called put the bunny back in the box uh <laughs> what's that one from uh con air con air oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he, he fucking kills the guy in the belly of the plane and he goes why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box <laughs> um that iconic scene <laughs> <laughs> i've seen that movie like 400 fucking times but uh, yes. um but yeah, so yeah, we played music together. Um, we uh, uh, Anthony uh, uh, skateboarded with him, right? 
Yeah, we tried skateboarding, man. <laughs> I, and I'm not sure if you guys have ever done it, but it's it's very difficult. Uh, <laughs> skateboarding? It, yeah, skateboarding. It's 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 mortifying. It's crazy. Like like you're hurtling, you know, down the sidewalk. You get hit by a car. You're not wearing a helmet because you're trying to be cool. <laughs> There's like a bunch of different things. Uh, um, but yeah, he he was pretty good um, at skateboarding. I I was terrible at it. Um, but I love the fashion, so I stayed for that. Uh, yeah, that was a big oh. thing in high school, dude. I was like, yeah. "Let me see yeah. shoes." I'm still wearing yeah, a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was like, "Am I allowed to wear like an Element T-shirt?" And because uh, no, I was not. just like, "I don't skate or anything. I just like that Flame Boy logo. I think it's cool." Uh, I think but, it was World Industries. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say Spitfire. I, I I'm pretty sure it's. Whatever, Spitfire. man. Is it's all the same about? shit. Yeah. Whatever they sold it's, at Zoomies. It, it is. I think it was the yep. offspring. <laughs> Some teenager listening to this is just getting furious. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that's most of who your audience is. I don't know who the fuck listens to this. They're weird people. Uh, they're up in my DMs, and they're very scary. So imagine probably teenagers, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's got to be them. Who was? Tell me more of high school rock. Of, was yeah. he king of the prom? He was, was he the lacrosse captain? Was he <laughs> debate queen? <laughs> he was debate queen. Was debate That's queen. the one he was. He's a, yeah. yeah, he's a messy bitch who loves debates. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, he was just like, he was actually like, by senior year, he was like a pretty popular dude. He like uh, he, he was like friends with, yes. with a lot of the yeah. cool kids by the end of high school. But I mean, he was like, he was a pretty fucking angry guy for a while. It's just like, it's, I don't know if you guys remember um, this. Oh, fuck, I'm blanking. I was supposed to not forget this. Oh, yeah, 9-11 happened uh, <laughs> during eighth grade um and uh is that the again one with the pentagon is that what you're talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i think that that, one, that rings a bell anyway that's why we yeah. put two candles out for raga <laughs> <laughs> it's his favorite holiday um these do look like the twin tower but uh <laughs> listeners note they look like candles and not the twin towers <laughs> I don't know. One of them's burning kind of lower than the other one. It kind of <laughs> yeah. tracks. Yep, that's the one. Um, but it's so, like we were. I mean, Raga fucking loved telling this story. But we were in class together when nine eleven happened, uh, and uh, uh, like I, uh, our uh, our social studies teacher, he went by uh, Teacher Anderson, and he was like legitimately a very cool. Was he a Quaker? Why would I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Uh, he just didn't like being a mister, I suppose. But he was genuinely like a really... He's like one of those teachers that you have who like oh, treats a, you like a fucking adult, you a, know? After The Matrix came out, I bet a bunch of kids oh, would make fun yeah, of him and go yeah, like, yeah. Mr. Uh -oh. Anderson had him. <laughs> no, that was probably it, man. Uh, it's it, Teacher Anderson. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I've never thought about that before. That's anyway, true. sorry, go ahead. Uh, so he was, he was like... Uh, He's like one of those cool ass teachers who like who teaches who like treats you like you're a fucking adult, you know, who like uh, who uh, who treats you as though you can like understand difficult concepts and stuff like that. And uh, the and uh, uh, the day I forget the exact date, but the day that 9-11 happened, uh, he uh, he like uh, <laughs> we were uh, we were in his class and he went through and he was like talking about 
like what he was trying to explain what was going on and he was like dead on on so many things he's like uh he's like they're gonna they're gonna blame this on uh they're gonna blame this on like like iraq or one of these countries and we're probably gonna go to war and all this shit is gonna happen it was like incredibly prescient am i saying that right um yeah that's the way but uh but when he's talking about it he's just like trying to express the gravity of the situation and he's like yeah this is i mean this is a huge deal like Thousands of people work in these buildings, and I said, "Not anymore." And uh, and Raghav was the only one who laughed. Uh, <laughs> like that was like that was like about when we were starting to become friends, because it, it was just like I, I mean, I was a fucking I was a I was a mess. I was a real angry kid in uh, in eighth grade, because um, you know y'all y'all don't know what it's like growing up male, middle class, and white. And ben folds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know where I got that pull from, but I, uh, <laughs> uh, but so like, I don't know. We just sort of, we, we sort of bonded over, um, uh, system of a down and just like <laughs> hating our fucking lives and stuff. Um, truly toxic males. <laughs> the toxicity. That was the name of the record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what it was about. It was about being a 15 year old male. <laughs> <laughs> My mom one time. Of <laughs> my mom got really mad because she found a system of a down cassette tape in my room one time. Uh, I, and I was like a teenager. And she's Are like, you "Don't you know that this shit?" <laughs> <laughs> she's just like, "Don't you know CDs exist now? What are you fucking doing with this?" It must have been that. Yeah. She must have been a tech bro or something. <laughs> I found a Betamax under your bed. <laughs> she showed me the Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I was five. But, oh Jesus Christ! But System of a Down, too what? far. Yeah. Too far. That's insane. Yeah, I don't know. It's their Middle Eastern roots. They can't be trusted. <laughs> um. But yeah, so we like we, uh, um, we, I mean, we bonded over some truly terrible music. I mean, he, uh, like we, we. He was the king of terrible bands. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh like God! School, I man. mean, me, uh, <sighs> me and Anthony and our uh, our friend Turner Barrowman um, put together the playlist for his wake together, and uh, and I've been listening to a, a bunch this week because I'm just a fucking glutton for punishment, and uh, Woo! one of the tracks on there was. Uh, uh, jukebox breakdown by saves the day and i <laughs> holy shit what a truly awful song like that so bad. it's so bad um oh, but yeah we went we went and saw uh uh green day and blink 182 on the pop disaster tour that was my first uh, that was my first rock and roll concert uh we we saw that show from the nosebleed section we yeah. were like we must have bought our tickets like the day before or something. Like mm-hmm. you couldn't, we couldn't really see them. I mean, we, we also were. just like we were children and we didn't have any fucking yeah, that, money. So that too, yeah. Like it was like twenty dollars. Took us all all month to save for it. Um, I remember Dragov really had a hankering for uh, U2's album Joshua Tree. For some reason, I, he, he tried to get me into that one a few it was, times. It was just yeah, that album. That I tick. fucking hate Bono so much. I just <laughs> yeah. can't get over it. I like. Uh, I've, I've been talking to a few people about this this week. I've just been listening to uh, the most recent album by Fucked Up a lot because it's like one of the few that I don't like have any super strong associations with Raghav. Like, because that's the other thing. I don't know where the fuck I'm going to get new music from now. Like, yes, yes. Yeah. Anytime that I needed to, that I was like sick of the shit that I'd been listening to, I would uh, I would like hit him up and, just, and he'd just like send me a list of shit and he was almost always right. I mean, like there's some stuff like, uh, 
I'm not, I'm not like a big hip hop guy, but like most of the stuff that he sent me was like, oh yeah, this is fucking dynamite. He got me into like so many of my favorite bands. I mean, Titus Andronicus, um, Tom Waits, um, yeah. like, uh, there's just like so much shit that like the, the night before I got pinched by fucking Homeland Security, uh, the reason I was so hungover is because me and Raghav went and watched uh, Turnstile. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. That hardcore band. And, like, it was fucking great. It was weird. I remember because, yeah. like, me and him have, like, uh, as uh, this is going to just be a constant theme in any of me talking about him, like, we would just butt heads a lot and shit and have, like, these weird fucking friend breakups and stuff. And so we would always go on, like, these mandates to sort of, like, be he, like, we're fucking cool again. He, he told me he Turnstile. was about to quit the podcast, like, once every two yeah. weeks. Yeah. Like, Fucking constantly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we went to, to that turnstile show and like you know fucking broke up a fight in the pit and all this shit. And like, yeah. nice. It was fun. We got you a real aggro. Um, yeah, basically wow. there was a big dumb brown guy too... breaking up this fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but other than uh, other than like talking about bands like turnstile and shit with him, I feel like me and him the main thing we had in common musically was uh, Rogov had a love of like woman rock. Like, uh, I'm yeah. serious. And it's I shit know, that I, I get, like, like the term. <laughs> like... His words. It's not It's not Jake's fault. Like, woman... He did spell it with a Y, though, so. <laughs> He was really into, like, Mitski and mm -hmm. St. Vincent and shit. Jesus Christ. I try, I've never heard Mitski. He talked about All Fall, and I tried to listen to it last week. The worst time to listen to the saddest Ooh, music yeah. possible. Yeah, dude. Well, un unlistenable. <laughs> that but, was that was one thing, like, when we were putting together the playlist. Like, it's just the most rog of shit that we had to be, like, we had to nix a couple of songs because we're like, this is too depressing for a funeral. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he loved uh, fucking Fiona Apple. Uh, Hell, yeah. Fiona I, Apple kicks yeah. ass. I, yeah, went she's to, great. Uh, I went to an Angel Olsen show with Raghav. Um I had bought the tickets, like, a few months in advance because they had just come out and I like had just gotten out of uh, a thing and I was like I'm gonna in six months I'm gonna have a date to bring to this Angel Olsen show and of course I did it at that point and uh, I was talking to Roger you gotta give yourself at least nine man <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he was like really broke at this point and so I was like yeah and he was like I really want because he loved Angel Olsen and I was like, yeah, well, just buy me a drink or something, whatever. And he like made sure to like get this because he couldn't really afford even that. So, but before the show, he made sure to like smoke me out and also get this like tiny bottle of uh, gin that we like snuck in and shit. Yeah, it was a great time. Anders, you know I love woman rock. I'll do anything to get inside. Uh, I've heard this. I, you know, like your friend dies, and so you you just start seeing things that remind you of them everywhere and hearing shit it's like obviously you know uh that's the the way this is working and i'm sure i would have just not noticed before but i swear to god i've been in like five bars where wuthering heights by kate bush has been playing Jesus, this week yeah. and i'm like what the hell this is like what is happening <laughs> it's the same fucking song yeah uh, I, I feel the same way dude like i i've also just seen people that look like him yeah which I never used to see before. Yeah. You know, like, he's a pretty unique-looking, sad brown dude. But, like, <laughs> I, I was about to board the airplane, um, and there was, like, this like this dude wearing a leather jacket. And he, he, I guess he was white, but, like, he, he looked just like Raghav. <laughs> I almost went up to him, uh, and, you know, just to, like, see what was up. Um, yeah, dude. I, it's just, yeah, like, I just keep, uh, I mean... 
Yeah, it's just fucking so like they're just uh I like after the after the wake we went to Old Stanley's a bar in uh, Ridgewood and uh we were just hanging out there and I kept like every time I turned around I thought I was gonna see him. I uh, uh like I would be in the middle of telling a story and I'm like, Oh I need Raghav to help me tell this oh yeah, fuck, that's right. Uh so the the other thing that we did together in high school is we were on um, the the school like closed circuit news program. Uh, it was called our, our uh, mascot was the Jefferson Jaguars, and so uh, the news program was called Jaguar Spots. Um, and then um, when we were like juniors, there were some seniors who started doing like a parody show called Jaguar Stripes, and we picked that up when uh when we were seniors and uh so we i mean we did a bunch of dumb shit like for the variety show they always had like an opening video package that was like a parody of a movie and like in the past couple years they'd done like tommy boy and something else and we did it and we did saw uh (laughs) we just filmed it in my in the in the basement bathroom at my parents house uh and uh so uh and so he was he was involved in that there's just like there's one part i just remember where uh like one of the the guys um is this dude nate and uh and it was nate and matt ritterspot right yeah yeah they were the hosts they were the hosts of the of the show so yeah um but yeah so they starred in this thing there was one part where i think this was a rog of touch where uh they they were like they found like a a cell phone in the toilet tank and they were like calling people to try and get help and uh uh they they just like they're like they'd call and people would be doing dumb shit and one of them was just a bunch of people standing in a field going like wearing shoes on their hands going <laughs> hey guys our shoes are hands yay <laughs> and they're just like oh they must be busy yeah the busiest of them all um <laughs> but uh but yeah, I don't know, we had a bunch of dumb bits like that. We did, uh, like Raghav and I co-hosted that sh- uh, that show together one episode, and um, we kept doing this fucking dumbass bit where Raghav would say something, and I would be like, "Oh, I haven't been able to think about that since the accident," and there was like no payoff or anything. <laughs> we were just like we were just doing a dumb shit. I mean, like most of like Jaguar Spots was basically just like we had a block schedule and we had like an hour and a half where we were just allowed to leave campus to do like <laughs> reporting and stuff. So we would just get high and drive around listening to atmosphere. Oh, totally. And our friend Joe's, uh, he had a Caprice station wagon that we, uh, that we spent a lot of time in, but well, I feel like we're talking about young Raghav, which mm-hmm. is a person that I, uh, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. never met. I met him uh, a few years ago through stand up or whatever. But, um, this is a fascinating picture of who this fucking guy was that I knew. He also like uh, in in college that like that was the only part of like I, I knew the dude for more than twenty years and like the four years that we were in college was really the only part that we weren't together for like because then after college I started doing stand up and then he started doing stand up, um, but which uh, which we thought you hated David. Oh, I did at first. I was like so uh, yeah, fucking he, mad. I was like, this is my so thing, paranoid. dude. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I got over it. But. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, David I, has the same reaction whenever anyone starts standing. Yeah. <laughs> Just come on, another one. Um, 
but uh but he like i i mean people have there have been like a lot of uh posts eulogizing him and stuff and everyone talks about like how smart and sharp he was and he was that but he was also like the biggest dumbass in like a lot of very basic ways like he was the least efficient person (laughs) i ever knew i mean like uh he uh and like when I think he like fucked up his college applications because I don't know why else he would have ended up going to the University of North Dakota for freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> and um, believe it or not, it was not like that great to be like the only brown guy in Grand Forks, North Jesus. Dakota. Yeah. So he got like he got uh, he got busted with uh he got like I think he got kicked out. I don't know. Like he got kicked out of the dorms anyway. Like they found a yeah, they found a yeah. grinder in his room and he got a paraphernalia charge and stuff. But he was just like constantly getting harassed by like like RAs and like the local police and shit like that. And then he ended up going to University of Minnesota afterwards, and that was where he like studied journalism. And man, he was fucking good at it too. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I was always very jealous of how. Like I, I mean, he's a great writer, um, and, and he's just like a smart dude. Um, he was able to—I don't know—he just like put stories together in a way where it was like easy to follow. And I—he—I I mean, I don't know—he just like he just did the coolest shit as a journalist too. Like if, he, if there's one... he met like Buzz Aldrin and like yeah, that was when Pokemon crazy. Go was was going on, and he posted a picture. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it's like some weird red carpet thing that he was reporting on, but he posted a picture that was like, "Here's a ma champ next to Jay Leno." <laughs> uh, yeah, I always think about him in his sort of like uh, his almost was like journalism career. It's really interesting to me because, like, I mean, a lot of people I know, especially that do like comedy and things like podcasting and stuff like that, kind of have that same background because. Uh, I, you know, for a lot of reasons, like journalism is becoming harder and harder to uh, make a living off yeah. of. And then, yeah. you know, also there are various reasons that people have gotten in or out of it. And uh, he definitely seemed like he had a mind for it. You know, I know he was a big like Taibi fan and stuff like that. I was trying to find a Taibi book to put in front of my little rog of shrine. I was putting on the table out here with these uh, two candles, but I don't know where I put it. Um, this is a shrine? It was two candles. It was a very half-assed uh, last minute. Two candles uh, and recording what equipment. Did, what did rog of like? Dude, <laughs> uh, like pens. Right, I'll put a pen in front of it. That reminds- I loved recording. I uh, <laughs> I read the book uh, The Great Derangement by Matt Taibbi because he recommended it to me like just like 10 years ago or something like that. Yeah. And I put it on my Goodreads page and Raghav followed me on Goodreads like less than a year ago. And he was like, you only gave this three stars? And I was like, Why the fuck are you digging through my old Goodreads? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, like, if there's uh, if there's one thing that I would recommend uh, to anyone who's like curious about like the the work that he was doing, uh, he wrote this fucking incredible piece with a couple of other reporters on uh, on the rapper idea after he pa- after he passed Ooh, away. Oh, cool! And uh, I th- yeah. think that was for Anthony. That was for the Minnesota Daily, right? Yeah, yeah, it was for the daily. Um, yeah, it's like it, it's it called like, like idea, like a tragedy in five acts or something like that. But it's like it's uh, like it's an incredible piece of writing. Cool, I'll find it and I'll link it in the the show notes and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It just he's like had this. 
he has a mind that is like a lot of things about him and things that are sort of at odds with each other and like, you know, contradictory even within himself come through in his writing and also like his jokes. I've been thinking about his material a lot because like, I mean, I, you know, I, I, we're friends. We just see each other do stand up, you right. know, but like, I hadn't really ever like uh, Googled, you know, rock of stand up before. Or whatever. Yeah, so I saw right. some stuff that I hadn't seen him perform before. And uh, a, well, one thing happened is that I found out that, uh, and I'm pretty sure he probably knew about this and was mad about it. Otherwise he probably would have told us, I think. Uh, but there's another guy named Raghav Mehta who's just like on Indian TV. Yeah. Stuff. He's like a pop star in yeah, India I thought or he something was, like yeah, that. Like oh, singer. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, or maybe that's not Raghav Mehta, but like, uh, I remember like when we were in high school, we like went to Raghav.com and it was like this <laughs> Indian pop stars webpage. God, that sucks. Um, but also, um, his material is, uh, is you know is great and it's like he's got this joke that i think is probably like one of his most quotable rag of jokes or whatever which is about the time traveler and he yeah. he's talking about oh if i if i went back in time to try to kill hitler because everyone was talking about you know would you go back in time to try to kill hitler as a baby or whatever uh on the internet that week when i guess he wrote this he was like um you know if i tried to go back in time people would be like where are you from and he'd be like i'm from the future and they'd go no where are you really from yeah right? and that's like his um his he he had a really good one where he just read the immigration form i'm gonna uh, put that in the, in that's, the show i mean that's my <laughs> oh yeah that's definitely my favorite of his and i really thought i was gonna see him do that on like a late night show at some point yeah it's really good yeah. i watched it uh earlier while i was kind of putting together some stuff to splice into this uh you know this episode or whatever but i just noticed like when i was like listening to that and the time traveler thing it's like even in his jokes you can kind of pick apart like these various themes which are that he wants to make the world a better place he's annoyed by people fucking it up you know he's ultimately kind of depressed about it and it's also really funny like all in the same concise fucking bits or whatever so it's really interesting um because he would get his point of view through in certain ways and you know and like i was talking about earlier with kate he was not angry on stage but he was like he was angry you know in service of this more ultimate thing which is like his his presence on stage is like this cool collected person that's that's putting his thoughts you know forward in a more composed fashion mm-hmm. i don't know man yeah uh it's just it's fucking tragic he's a young guy and so you look at all this stuff and you go wow we're not gonna get what probably could have been some really interesting stuff especially mm-hmm. you know yeah. since he was on the come up and stuff he probably could have gotten back into journalism and yeah stuff he would have written yeah prose stuff I, you know i was looking at his books when he died and he's a voracious reader and like yeah he really maybe would have done something amazing with with uh prose yeah yep well um i think uh we should probably get moving on into the next part of this podcast but anthony thank you very much for joining us yeah thanks a lot guys thanks for having me it love you cool buddy to you. Nice being love you man. too man okay um so that does it for the remote part of this uh the phone calls uh now it's just a big round table the rest of us are all still here david twighty is still here and also joining us is uh david citric and jeff asmus hello hi hi all comedians all pals of ragov um the lines are closed (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, there's like a big fucking thermometer thing of uh, money we were trying to raise for Raghav, and it's not very high. <laughs> we called two people. They're Raghav's friends, so they don't have any money. Um, <laughs> so I figured now we just, you know, kind of tell stories about Raghav and stuff. Well, I, I was thinking about this, like listening to you guys talking earlier, because you were talking about how um, you never saw Raghav mad on stage. And I was thinking, it just got me thinking about like when I first met him and how like the the first time I ever like remember knowing who Raghav was, he was storming out of an open mic. Uh, he'd had like, but he was also like, like watching him on stage. He was like, he at the time he was doing, he was almost like more Seinfeldy and observational in what he was doing at the time. Like he was doing jokes about the Comcast customer service line and stuff. And it was just like, but he was like, really, I think some like shithead Minnesota road dog had told him that he came off too angry on stage or something like that. So he was like really restrained and was, like really like he was doing Kramer material. Kind of yeah, a little bit yeah. <laughs> no, I mean not. That material. I, mean, when, <laughs> I mean, when he first started, he was straight up doing Anthony Jeselnik's delivery. It didn't last long, that but it was rules. like the first six <laughs> months. Rules. It was, yeah, yeah. But it was like, but we were at this like dog shit open mic, and he and our friend Turner had showed up late, and they were at the end of the list, and they didn't know who I was at the time anyway at all. So I was just like watching this shit. But like Raghav went up like almost last, and he, you could see him just getting like madder and madder and madder as like people started to leave, and the audience got worse. And he went on stage. And he was like still very calm, like like even calmer than you ever saw him like recent like here, like you would have seen him. But uh, you could just watch in his eyes like the rage start to bubble and boil over as he was like having the bad set that he was afraid he was gonna have. Uh, and it was just so weird, like say like in my mind, like the rock of we all know now is very much like oh he got in touch with his anger and it's like starting to be so yeah yeah. Uh, but he just like he got he got off stage and he like without stopping or saying a word to anyone walked off stage and then just immediately in one unbroken stride left the bar <laughs> and that was the first time I ever saw like I was, he terrified me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that rules. <laughs> Do you remember any of his other observational materials besides Comcast Helpline? I can't. Do you have anything? That you can Fuck, remember. I know yeah. I'm drawing a blank right now. Yeah, exactly. Like I just re yeah, I remember that he had a joke that was like, um, so sometimes I like to call the Comcast customer service helpline and tell them about my problems just so they can feel like they help somebody for once in their goddamn life. <laughs> oh lives. yeah, I do remember that one. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's the only one I can remember. Did he tell like Jezelnik Dark One? Like, no, no, like, not really. I mean, he like he was he just throw rape at the end of the. <laughs> they do Seinfeld material in the Jezelnik. <laughs> I mean, I think he, like he was definitely more one-linery, but he wasn't like I, no, it wasn't like the same sort of shit. I'm just like I I I can't even I can't even do it like. I don't, I don't know how to do an impression of it, but that is what he was doing at first, and it was so fucking funny to me. <laughs> yeah, at least like my memory of it is like he is trying very hard to project someone who's having a good time despite being clearly full of rage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, yep. <laughs> kind of said it. Um, one time a year ago, uh, me and Raga went to Minneapolis, Minneapolis, they call it in Minneapolis. Jesus uh, fucking Christ, man. <laughs> Most of us are too polite to say anything, but what the fuck are you talking about? Yep. <laughs> That's the uh, inherent flaw in your ways. <laughs> um, you'll have to deal with a, uh, a completely oblivious, drunk, blustering southerner at some point in your life who has no idea. Um, 
so yeah, we went uh, and played the Comedy Quarter Underground, and uh, we stopped in Eau Claire on the way there. And uh, the guy who booked this show in Eau Claire didn't realize he double booked us with like this with the worst possible thing. A, the worst possible thing you could double book us with, uh, and B, like, specifically for, I think, Raghav's anxieties about being, like, labeled a brochalist, etc., the worst possible scenario, which is that um, the show that was happening was, like, a, like a women's entrepreneurship, like, seminar comedy show thing, and he, the booker said that he was like, I'll give you your guarantee, but you have to do spots on this show, and... You know, that's like fine. But then on top of that, he was like, well, because it's like there's a time crunch and there's a certain amount of space and they want their show to be its own cohesive things. You guys are going up first. So like this woman came out on stage. She was like, thank you for coming to this women's empowerment comedy show thing about women getting jobs in the sciences or whatever. But first, Raghav Mehta and Jake Flores. Yeah, I, I remember correctly, like she didn't even do time up front, right? So it was just, you guys just went up cold. Yeah. She just got everyone excited for the thing that they were there for, which was very much not us. Very woman-oriented. Here's Raghav reading the immigration form. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's, it's like we're these bearded fucking brochalists or whatever, you know? I, I just uh, I just met that dude last night, the booker there, uh, Colin Ryan. Good good guy. He, but yeah, he told me that story uh, yesterday. That's <laughs> really? so fucking funny. <laughs> Oh man, I I mean I had fun with it. I think I, I pretty much like told Raghav like the only way to go about this set is think like a wrestler kind of like go up and be the heel for a minute and then that's the joke you know and so I think they were kind of cool about it like they kind of reacted a little bit to just like addressing the elephant in the room you guys both had good sets like, it, it went, went well it should very well could not have though yeah. it was like not the type of thing I wanted to have thrown in front of me like minutes before going on stage you know yeah. but that shit was hilarious you inspired 80 women to get into the tech that night <laughs> your sets alone yeah yeah by you know challenging them by being horrible uh, it's to motivate them yeah we have to come up with a machine that will replace these people we, we have the greatest resource in the world and it is in ingenuity I'm trying to do Beto I don't know like <laughs> <laughs> the, the arm movements get, you get have off it down. the table <laughs> can't see, but yeah. I'm actually pissed about that because Stop I've been climbing. climbing on furniture for stand up for a while and he stole my bit I used to do that shit too and it's fucking bothering me yeah. although I figured out something recently he's brand from game of thrones he's gonna get pushed out of a tower because he won't stop climbing and that'll be his ultimate it's, it's downfall a, i saw someone on twitter this afternoon be like but but beto knows he's taller than most people right <laughs> i am one of the uh, rog of hated beto all right hold on this just occurred to me it's the first thing that occurred to me as soon as i heard that rog of passed i hate to say this but that's fucked up and now i think this gab's sort of healing a little bit Raghav passed away the day Beto announced his... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like... Oof. No, Kate, Kate actually made that joke like, yeah. when we were all sitting there. She was like, you know, I blame Beto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the, it was just a very serious day in the back of my head the entire day. I was like... Beto! You, like, you bastard! <laughs> I've just felt like I... Uh, I uh, it was like it was so heartening earlier today. I got I got lunch with my mom and uh, 
and I'm just like, I'm a fuck it. Like I, I, I usually like, I don't really curse in front of her in general, but I was just like, I'm a fucking open wound. And I was just like, just shooting from the hip the whole time. And at some point, I don't know how we got on the subject of politics, but I was like, mom, could you do me a favor and not vote for Beto O'Rourke? <laughs> and she goes, and she made a face and she goes, I don't know what he stands for. <laughs> and this is coming from like a 60 year old NPR liberal who loves the show, the newsroom. So like, I mean that, that gives me hope anyway. Yeah. He's probably losing the mom vote by standing on all those tables. That's true. Get off the table. Everyone has to clean them. <laughs> also from being a shitty dad. You're right. Another story, That's true. Also, yeah. Beto, stop gesticulating. You're going to put an eye out. <laughs> really? With those big lanky long fingers just wagging everywhere. Anyway. <laughs> His last tweet was not about Beto O'Rourke. It was about <laughs> penis CK. Oh, yeah. We had to talk about King this. King yeah. goes out on top. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. <laughs> it, it was, I mean, uh, we were, like, Citric and I were at the bar with it. Like, we were hanging out with him uh, last Tuesday, and he, like, he was like, is this funny enough to tweet? And we were like, yeah, dude, go <laughs> he, for it. He'd been hanging onto that shit for like a month. <laughs> he was, we were been just sitting the there incubator. going, he was like, is it time? Is it time? Can I do it yet? Is it time? Well, and then, so he posted it. And on, on Facebook, he posted a comment right after it that was like, no offense. <laughs> and we were like, you should probably delete that like, part. That makes it. Uh, it's so much worse. Yeah. You're really undercutting yourself here. Well, it's a, I mean, it's a great tweet because it, it really toes the line. You can't really tell which side is on yeah. of the controversy. And you gotta, I mean, if you're Kelsey, that's gotta fuck you up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. We were I'm joking. I'm not sure. I think she might be impervious at this point. We were joking about, like, people eulogizing him on Facebook and being like, Raghav was a great guy, hilarious comic, and he fucking hated penis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I uh, just like I can't remember who who was the first one to share the. I think it was Jeremy Hammond who shared the the Reductress <laughs> article. And I was like, short guy has a big dick. <laughs> the header photo was of Raga. He loved that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember when that when that uh, when that article came out. He posted a tweet that was just like, oh, the Reductress like Reductress is just doing regular journalism now. <laughs> <laughs> He's. I think he like he was. We were messaging on Facebook about it. He was like, this is going to be great for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, He also hated Facebook, which is so funny. He was on it all day. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing is like, yeah, you hate it because you're fucking on it all day, you know? Well, I'm sure uh, Kate brought this up because it's one of the things that we've been talking about a lot in the past week, but like how he was always talking about how he was in trouble at work for being on Facebook too much. (laughs) And then like, after he died, I've just been talking to all these people and he was in like 17 different group chats and it's like, no fucking wonder, dude. You were talking to like 50 people every day. Yeah. We've had to like scramble and throw together some new group chats in the last week. Like, It's been the most beautiful thing is watching the slow reforming and a realigning <laughs> yeah. group chats around the New York comedy scene. Like, yeah. I, I, He's the little finger of shit talking. Oh yeah, for talking sure. Talking to everyone. I, I, like, uh, oh yeah, we, yo, if you're in the New York comedy scene, we know so many of your fucking <laughs> secrets. Cause he like, he was like a fucking inveterate gossip and he never forgot anything. 
anything either. I, yeah, scoops. Journalism. Jur- yeah. I've never had someone tell me so many secrets I do not care about <laughs> preceded by <laughs> preceded by a promise that I would not share. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, no, he, he did this thing. Uh, my uh, my friend Justin Colucci, who's a, a comic from uh, from Minneapolis, he lives in North Carolina now, but like we we had this joke about Raghav that he would like he would before he told you something he's like hey have I told you this yet because he's told so many people already that he couldn't remember whether he had or not even like the last conversation I had with him at one point he just got real mad and just started telling just started blow in a way that he had never done before he just started blowing up secrets about that no one should know at all just like literally a page and a half of just information about people that I didn't know <laughs> that I didn't care about um, <laughs> the other the other My thing bird Let's go, birds. <laughs> it's like, why are you burdening me with this information? I don't want to. Uh, the other thing, and I have to, I have to get to this because I, I, I made fun of him for this so much, and he would get so mad. But like, if like in in like our early twenties, like when he started getting, like, I mean, he he. He was a good-looking guy. He did pretty well. Uh, but like when he started getting laid a bunch, he would always he would tell me about it, but always in like this way where it was like uh, where it's like, dude, the craziest thing happened. Uh, I'm like, all right. And he's like, I had sex with a lady. I'm like, is that it? And he's like, well, okay, so. We like went on a date and we went back to her place and we fucked. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's like the order that that happens in. <laughs> oh man. Um, that's a, that's a blessing though to be that surprised every time. Yeah. <laughs> there was yeah, there was a point. One of, one of his other last tweets. Happy to be here. Me during sex. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's a, that was a goodie too. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is. I, I feel like this is okay to share. But he had like there was a point where he was. Uh, he had just gone through a breakup and he was like, there was a show in Minneapolis uh, that he like all that our friends ran that he would go to. And he was like, had about nine weeks in a row where he was just bringing a different girl every time to, Hell the, yeah, to the point where run. I started calling him Dr. Pusshound and nothing, <laughs> nothing has ever made him angrier in the entire time. <laughs> Dr. Pusshound. That's why he's the debate queen. <laughs> you think he's a doctor because he's Indian, David? Wow. wow. <laughs> You're right. I'm wow. canceled. Oh, I'm oh. Okay. So that reminds me. Um, Jake posted this fucking. Uh, he posted this photo on Facebook earlier this week. You know oh, yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I went through uh, through Raghav's, uh Facebook photos, and some are way back, long before we knew each oh, other. God, There's this. just a photo yeah. of him drunk wearing a sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> so I shared it because I thought, well, this is funny. I can make a post. It's like, hey, Raghav's canceled. Everyone can stop breathing. <laughs> he's, you know, he's with the canceled angels now. And and, and I thought that was uh, just terrific. I thought that was very <laughs> funny. Uh, so I shared it on my page, not thinking about the fact that Raghav's mom had friended me like the day before. And then Raghav's mom <laughs> shared Jake's post. That was like, we found this picture. Raghav's canceled now. <laughs> and I, I sent Jake a message. I was like, oh my God, dude, his mom just shared this. And Jake was like, oh no. And we were just like, well, there's 
literally no way she understands what this joke is. No mother should and, have to cancel her son. And, <laughs> and uh, but and like all of her Facebook friends are just like family members of theirs from India. So there's like so Jake was like, should we like explain this to her? It's <laughs> like, no, nah, let's just let her have this nice photo of her son. Where again, he's clearly wasted in the picture. Um, but uh, but then she uh, but like I just it was so funny to me picturing Jake like the no, the levels to it like Jake explaining to her what canceled means <laughs> then explaining that he's doing it ironically and then explaining what ironic means yeah. and then explaining why he's being ironic about her dead son I literally I thought the exact same thing through and I think we both kind of were like let's just, just never tell her what if she's just into deep irony she's just this entire time <laughs> Yeah, she's on weird Twitter. Yeah. She's actually Crank T. Nelson. Yeah. It's been on the show. I can, I can confirm. <laughs> that, yeah. 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 This is meta. No, that that actually reminds me though of like what are the other fun things? What are the joys of this week? Because someone was talking about how we we got into a thing where a bunch of us started sharing out of context Ragav messages that we started getting. And my favorite one was uh, someone was talking about how one day Ragav messaged him and just said, "I'd fuck Tommy Laren." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh man, that's way worse. Sorry, than pal, you're thing. double canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's call his mom. <laughs> um, he had a. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like this is somewhat related to um, <laughs> uh, something we were talking about earlier. But at the beginning of the paid protest shows, when Raghav joined, before that we weren't like doing slideshows, but he wanted to make it more political, so we started doing slideshows. But the kind of humor we like is uh, uh, maybe like. Yeah, it was dumb. Or like, we'll do like, here's a slideshow honoring Stalin to start (laughs) (laughs) the Housing Working Group uh, Foundation. We found out the audience of activists that comes to the fundraiser comedy shows fucking hates that kind of comedy. (laughs) And they would show up and just kind of scowl at us. And so around uh, four to six months in, Raghav came up with this formula that we've been doing ever since, which is uh, since you're doing a comedy show for people who don't go to comedy shows, you have to explain to them that they're allowed to laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he'd built in a different joke at the beginning of, the, of every show where we'd explain the rules of comedy to socialists and it was like number one follow the rules number two do not write a blog post during the show <laughs> 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 laugh at the comedy show <laughs> and then a third one that would be a joke <laughs> and then a lot of times we wouldn't write a third one and then I'd just fumble on stage for a while <laughs> so do your brand <laughs> <laughs> and we'd do a slideshow yeah. Um, resulting in the famous image of him in front of a big screen that says kill white people with impunity <laughs> <laughs> that he shared on social media when people genuinely were responding like you think you can kill white people <laughs> oh fuck did you guys talk about when he picked a fight with Andrew Breitbart on Twitter no oh my oh, god yeah. Like, oh yeah I forgot about that yeah this was like this would have been like t- 2012 I think yeah. uh, but like uh but yeah, he's just like shit posting Andrew Breitbart. It was like I think it was less than a year before he died, but like uh I like he was just shit posting Andrew Breitbart and Breitbart would do this thing where he would like retweet people who were hating on, on him on uh 
on Twitter and then like just like go my pretties go you know like uh, just like unleash his chuds on them and uh, and when that had like Raghav got retweeted by Andrew Breitbart and all these people were coming at him and he was so fucking excited he was <laughs> thrilled about it like some people might have been like oh this is kind of scary but he's just like oh this is hilarious these idiots hate me so much what did he say about that? I can't remember right? like we can probably track down that tweet but yeah, Citrix on it yeah I don't know I'll probably find it what's this uh, what's this pot belly thing okay um, so this happened on uh, this was this was Tuesday of this past week, um, and I was just like, I was like, uh, I've just been like two and a half hours late to work like every day for the last week, uh, and just going in looking like total shit and making direct eye contact with everybody. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing that too, but I was also doing that before. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, I know. I'm just like, this, is, this is too much power. I don't know how I'm going to kick out of it. Like, I don't know how I'm going to stop doing this now that I know that I can. David's been going to work like Jake Florence. <laughs> yeah, I've just been, yeah, I've just been jaking it up, but... Uh, but so, like, I, it's just, I mean, we, like, we've talked about this, uh, 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 like, everyone at this table has talked to me about this, like, it's just, like, how fucking surreal everything feels after you experience a loss like this, and it's just, like, people just don't, like, I fucking ran into a dude that I know from DC Comedy at, uh, like, a bar that uh, Citric and I were at with Kath uh, Barbadoro the other night. And he's just, like, he was, like, apparently the only comedian that I know who did not know what had happened. And he's, like, he's like, Twitey, good to see you. How you been? And I'm, like, whoa. <laughs> uh, but so I got... I, on, on Tuesday morning, I got an email um, from, and for for the purposes of this story, you do have to know that I'm a member of the rewards pro- program at the <laughs> the Potbelly Sandwich Works. Um, but I got an email from Potbelly at 7:30 on Tuesday morning that said, "Don't call it a comeback. Call it 15% off your next order." <laughs> and it's just like a deal that they're doing there, and it just like it, in context, it struck me as very funny. So I posted a tweet with a screenshot of the email where I said, you know, there are so many people who have been so good to me in the past few days, but I would just like to thank the Potbelly Rewards Program (laughs) for being here in my time of grieving and need. Um, Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> you're, you replied to that. You're like, why would you call it a comeback? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, lunch. What a comeback. <laughs> um, and whoa. Yeah, that just happens. Man, a really cool guy just went by. That was uh, Rob Zombie driving <laughs> by in Dragula. Dragula outside. Digging yeah. through the ditches and burning through the witches. Dragula's but, outside. Dracula's inside. Um, so... Uh, so then that that would have been the end of it. It was just like I thought that would be a funny thing to tweet, but like I didn't tag them or anything, but then the Potbelly Twitter account liked that tweet. So then I posted a screenshot of like the notification that they had liked it and I said, "Hey, at Potbelly, my friend died. How about some free freaking mac and cheese or something?" And then someone who follows me on Twitter was like, wait, I was on board before I remembered you live in New York. Get a fucking sub from a deli. And I said, I work in Union Square and it's a total fast casual hellscape. Also, shut up, dude. Potbelly's good. And then Hmm. Potbelly liked 
two out of the three tweets okay. in that <laughs> thread. Interns' attention. Yeah, like uh, just whoever their community manager is or whatever. Oh, but yeah. they did not like. They liked every tweet in the thread except the one where I was like, "Hey, could you like hook me up?" Like yeah. I'm sad. Um, so then I posted another tweet that said, my best friend is dead. And yet the at Potbelly sandwich corporation <laughs> refuses to offer me a free bacon, macaroni and cheese, a cruel reminder that capitalism reduces us all to the mere sum of the labor and currency it can ext- extract from us. And then I, uh, I left for work and I was on the train and like 20 minutes later, I got a reply to the first tweet, the one just about the mac and cheese yeah. from the Potbelly Twitter account where they said, well, this feels like a scam, but you defended our honor with, well, honor. So DM at Potbelly service and we'll get you something nice. And then like another five minutes passes and then they replied to the second tweet where I called out the concept of capitalism and they said, somebody didn't check their replies and is probably lying. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's okay, we get hangry too. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was talking to someone about this and it's just like, even if you get like 10 of these a day, at the Potbelly Twitter account, it's very risky to like come in with that kind of energy. I think. Like, yeah. Why are you so aggressive, Potbelly? <laughs> yeah, you, you're lying about your friend. Did they give you a free sandwich? They give me a free cookie. Ah, Potbelly, yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> there, I will say this: their sides are wildly underrated. Okay. Is that sort of a little fair. bit funnier if you imagine an actual pot-bellied pig doing the response for all Twitter? <laughs> I mean, most things are, I think. Well, that's why he's so mad about the capitalism, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a wearing a little pig. Wearing, yeah, wearing a little little uh, top hat. <laughs> a little top hat, and he read that tweet and went something like, oh. <laughs> he ruffled his little sash that says Thomas Nast illustration. <laughs> yeah, our fans know pigs be snuffling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny i mean that's in the true spirit of raga of fucking with brands and shit online yeah you know yeah. this is his whole thing he was banksy by the way oh. <laughs> yeah. i feel like we can say it now <laughs> shout out to a real one banksy. people are gonna figure it out when there's no more uh you know stencils of uh ronald mcdonald fucking wendy or whatever <laughs> going up around brooklyn also i can't find the breitbart tweet but i did find a tweet where he just says one time i wrote a blog post that got andrew breitbart so upset that he died a year later <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so maybe he didn't come at him on twitter maybe it was something that he yeah was, like, i think it was a, a like a minnesota daily yeah thing. probably yeah. yeah came at him on myspace <laughs> <laughs> was he happy? you're out of the top eight <laughs> how did he feel about breitbart's past Oh, he's uh, crushed. Hate <laughs> <laughs> to lose a friend. Oh man, he seems so healthy. Yeah, um, Potbelly gave him a free cookie. <laughs> Andrew Breitbart. Passed. They're like, I don't think he really died, but okay. <laughs> Andrew Breitbart, that Supreme Court judge who died. All of them crushing Raga. Um, he's up in heaven right now, screaming at John McCain. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. Does anybody else have a uh, particularly spicy Raghav story, or should we sort of pour one out and do the damn thing? You have anything, Jeff? I'm a man of few 
do words. I, I don't have I don't have storytelling. <laughs> I do rock up justice. It's a good thing you do stand up comedy yeah. and <laughs> podcast appearances. <laughs> um yeah, all right. Well, I mean, we'll obviously continue to talk about Raga fucking probably forever on this podcast as long as it uh, exists until Lauren Duca destroys it with a fucking Scud missile or, you know, <laughs> we all get individually canceled or, um, I don't know, in the spirit of Raga, if we all quit the show or something. <laughs> individually, slowly, <laughs> every time, sending was, uh, messages oh, around. He did pick a hell of a way to tell you he didn't want to do this anymore. <laughs> we, we, we've heard a lot about the message messages that he would send people about how he was quitting i do remember one day he just messaged me he was like i think i can't afford to quit the pod and it's really embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i kind of thought that's what was happening with one of the times he told me he was going to quit because i was like man you gotta really hate this to, <laughs> to not just want free 500 dollars whatever the fuck he was at at that point in terms of the, the divvy um I don't know, man. That really does, like, kind of bother me because, like, I, you know, I fucking loved Raghav and, like, we really tried to to see eye to eye on stuff. But, like, also at the same time, what's so, like, confusing about him is that you hear this stuff and you go, fuck, man, he really had a problem with me. But then he also would, like, DM me secret shit about other people and stuff. And so it's like no one's really on any... any uh, it was a great microcosm of how he felt about everything he it, was engaged like, in. It's That's in all so directions. <laughs> it's just how he related to people. I've been saying this over and over again, but you weren't really Raghav's friend until you had said something he didn't like, and he had screenshotted and sent it to 400 people. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I mean, and that's just like, that's like, that's, that's always who he was. I mean, like, from when I first met him, like, if there's one thing that defined him, he just, like, he didn't feel like he fit in anywhere, you know? Like, he he and his parents were from different cultures basically i mean he was born in india but he grew up entirely in the united states and his parents were very like strict and indian and like that's on top of just being like one of the few brown kids in a lily white suburb and stuff and i uh, i like i really don't think he found a peer group that he really respected and related to before he moved to new york um and it's just like this all sucks so fucking bad but i i'm i'm really glad that he had that i mean like just seeing the impact that he made on so many fucking people has been incredible in the past week it's like it's uh like as as much as this all sucks it has brought the best out of so many people and i i do want that to keep going you know and if there was one thing that he was good at, it was staying in touch with the people that he cares about. And like that's uh, that's been my biggest takeaway from this whole week. And you can kind of see it like already this week with just like his friends. As like I know I've experienced it where so many people are like feel it. Like he took up so much social space for so many people that we knew that you see like friends reaching out to like hang out and like new Facebook messenger groups starting and yeah. like people like just trying to communicate more because everybody's feeling that void of like just having this person that we were all talking to and that we all cared so much about. Yeah. And he really, he did know a ton of people like across the comedy scene and across different worlds. And like it was never, but he, he never had like kind of this false gregariousness that other people have. It was always like a very genuine, like good to see you. Like I know this person on a clock, what they're about and like with everyone he met 
Yeah, it's weird, especially him being from like Minnesota, where there's that whole Minnesota nice thing. Like he kind of seemed yeah. like he was maybe in opposition to it ideologically at sometimes. Like, and that's what I kind of liked about him was that you know, you knew that he meant what he was saying to you because it was not candy coated and bullshit ever. Um, it was often combative and you know confrontational or whatever. Uh, but there's no reason to be like uh, mistrustful or whatever. I guess. You know, he was the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet. God damn it! <laughs> God damn it! If it ain't true, I, it's, it's a shame he's canceled. Really, <laughs> the rog of missers have logged on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you can't handle me at my screenshotting things you say, you don't deserve me at my immigration report. <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve me at my showing you screenshots of other people's yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, man. All right. Well, R.I.P. to a real one. Uh, rest in motherfucking power, Ragav Meta. Uh, this is Pod Damn America. You know where to find us on the internet. You know how to find all our things. We have a Patreon, whatever. Um, we will not be doing plugs on the memorial episode. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh, God damn it, man. Just delivering a fiery sermon at his funeral and then plugging my Twitter and... Uh, come to paid protest and all this shit. Yoko is on some fucking day. Um, no. uh, Raghav, I uh, love you, buddy. Um, if you're listening to podcasts in, in, in wherever you are. I hope you're not listening I to podcasts. I fucking hope you're listening to podcasts. That's a terrible future. Yeah, that sucks. I hope you never have to hear this. <laughs> all right, that's it. Bye. Bye. Secret out of the past
Try. 
Oh,